Welcome to the Psych Central Show, where each episode presents an in-depth look at issues from the field of psychology and mental health, with host Gabe Howard and co-host Vincent M. Wales. Welcome to this week's episode of the Psych Central Show. My name is Gabe Howard, and with me as always is Vincent M. Wales. And this week we want to discuss the Michelle Carter case. Vin, are you familiar with the Michelle Carter case? Somewhat, yes. Care to uh, illuminate our audience? Okay. A few years back, Michelle Carter was arrested on involuntary manslaughter charges, having allegedly convinced her boyfriend to kill himself, which he did via carbon monoxide poisoning uh, in his in his vehicle. Largely, this was based upon quite a number of text messages exchanged between them and, uh, and at least one phone call that I'm aware of. And she was found... Guilty. She was she was found guilty. Yes, found guilty of involuntary manslaughter, um, and as you said, the the case was largely built around the text messages that they had exchanged leading up mm-hmm. to um, his suicide. Mm-hmm. That's right. Now she is from Massachusetts, so obviously a lot of this, or not a lot of this, all of this case has to do with with Massachusetts law, and also she was a juvenile. So a right. lot of the things that we're going to discuss, you know, took place in in juvenile court. Now. The first thing that I want to state is, as a mental health advocate, as you, as you can imagine, I'm I'm really not okay with people uh, trying to convince other people to to complete suicide or think about suicide. I th- there's there's a lot to discuss here, but from a pure advocacy standpoint, what this girl did was wrong. Right, I agree. And but but there's like anything there there's there's always more to the story. The first thing that I immediately thought of when she was arrested, even a couple of years ago, is we have taken a child. I mean, I know she's 17, but but she's still a minor. She can't vote. She's she's still under the care of her parents. And we expected her to take suicide seriously in a country that doesn't take suicide seriously. Now, I've since read the text messages and and my opinion has altered, but that was my first impression. I'm not sure specifically what you mean by take suicide seriously, so maybe you should elaborate on that. We unfortunately live in a country where we believe a lot of suicide myths. We've done this, we've talked about this on the Psych Central show previously, where people believe that if somebody mentions suicide and you discuss how to prevent suicide or why they shouldn't do it, that you will encourage them to do so. Uh, We also have phrasing in in our lexicon about how people that that say that they want to kill themselves are just being dramatic. Um, they're just they're just crying for help, uh, and and apparently it's okay to ignore people that are crying for help in this. So, I hear about a 17-year-old that was in a position to do something about suicide, and I I sort of originally thought that she fell into the same trap as as many many Americans, which is, uh, hey, there's nothing I can do about it anyways, so I might as well do nothing. Uh, now, of course, since then, a lot of other facts have come out, and we're going to kind of talk about those in a minute. But if we just look at it from, from that standpoint, I mean, how culpable should a 17-year-old be if she hears that one of her friends want to kill themselves? Just that. Let's, let's ignore the other facts for a moment. Yeah, I, I, can't, I can't argue culpability if, if that's all we're going for. No. Um, now, now, should any person upon hearing that a friend wants to kill themselves should they do something hell yes 
they should. And in my opinion, that's just a no-brainer. But clearly not a lot of people agree with that, so. Well, I don't, I don't know that it's that a lot of people don't agree, but can, consider this exchange for a moment. Let, let's just play up an analogy. I tell somebody that I want to kill myself. I say, hey, I want to kill myself. And that person says, God, Gabe, don't be so dramatic, and just walks off. And then I do. Is that person culpable? I mean, they didn't get me help. I clearly explained that I needed help, and they ignored me and walked away. Is that a manslaughter charge? No. Why not? I stated that I needed help, and I was ignored. That in and of itself, in, in, in my opinion, I don't know of anywhere where that would be considered a crime. Although, hell, it's, it's possible it could. I, I don't know. But getting back to our case at hand, that wasn't the situation, as you know. And if it had been, she would not have been arrested. I agree. I want to say a couple of things about the analogy that we presented. One, uh, I obviously think that if somebody said that to me and walked away, that they would be wrong. Let, let's Sure. Not. Sure. From a legal perspective, I don't think that they would be culpable, but I, I think that morally they would be wrong. Uh, mm -hmm. I would also wonder why they didn't understand that I needed help and why they didn't know what to do. Um, you know, we... we we teach a lot of basic first that's, aid. That's that's a country. whole different show, dude. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but but you understand, we teach a lot of basic first aid in this country, but we we do really not understand mental health. And and again, as this case evolved, I, I have to say I'm I'm somewhat worried about the mental health of the young lady involved. This is very atypical behavior. Let's take a look at a couple of the text messages. On June 19th, 2014, Carter says, but the mental hospital would help you. I know you don't think it would, but I'm telling you, if you give them a chance, they can save your life. She continues, part of me wants you to try something and fail just so you can go get help. All right, that's, that's an excellent answer. Um, I, I'm not so much into the part of me wants you to try and fail, but yeah. unfortunately our, our mental health system tends to respond to crisis better, so I, Mm -hmm. I can, as an advocate, understand her line of thinking, even if, if I disagree with it. Roy, her boyfriend, replies, it doesn't help, trust me. And she replies, so what are you going to do then? Keep being all talk and no action and every day go through saying how badly you want to kill yourself? Or are you going to try and get better? Her boyfriend replies, I can't get better. I already made my decision. This is a tough exchange. I mean, you were a suicide prevention counselor. H have you been in this situation? Well, not specifically that, no. No, uh, generally speaking, uh, people who have already made their decision aren't the ones calling the hotline. Using your experience, what's your thought on just those text messages from, from June 19th, 2014? Well, it's not an awful lot to go on, but it, it does seem very clear that she wants him to get help. I mean, it, it, there's no other way I could read that. And he clearly believes that nothing can help him at this point. Which is not an uncommon feeling. It, not at all. It's, it's sad, you know, that, that you can be of that opinion, but it, it speaks to her friendship with him that she wants him to get help. Sadly, that doesn't last long. It doesn't. We, we, we skip ahead a little, little further. Um, here, Carter tells Roy how she would handle the situation. Roy says, if you were in my position, honestly, what would you do? She says, I would get help. That's just me, though. 
When I have a serious problem like that, my first instinct is to get help because I know I can't do it on my own. Mm-hmm. Okay, so 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 far this is this is going well. Uh, I, I would have encouraged her to seek the help of an adult, especially since she is 17. Reach out, mm-hmm. tell as many people as possible. Uh, maybe not handle it all via text message, which we don't know that 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 she only handled this via text message. Right. However, later on that same day, Carter and Roy discuss the best way for him to produce carbon monoxide. Carter says, well, there's more ways to make CO, Google ways to make it. Roy says, OMG. Carter says, what? And uh, Roy says, a portable generator. That's it. So now it appears that she's switched over and started actively assisting. Yeah. Yeah, she does. Here's the thing that pops in my head. And of course we, we won't know the answer to it, but but what made her change her mind? Yeah, good question. Just going off the text messages and, and what we were able to see from the trial, she went from from helping and, and being very I don't know what's what's the word here. She she was actually doing quite well for a seventeen year old that we're assuming has had no training in this. And then it sort of goes downhill from there. Yeah. Um, on yeah. July 11th, um, on this day, Carter sends Roy her opinion about using a generator in the truck as opposed to a water pump. Carter, well, in my opinion, I think you should do the generator because I don't know much about the pump, and with a generator, you can't fail. Yeah, that's that's definitely actively helping to plan at this point. We're going to go ahead and step away. We're going to hear from our sponsor. We'll be right back. This episode is sponsored by BetterHelp.com. Secure, convenient, and affordable online counseling. All counselors are licensed, accredited professionals. Anything you share is confidential. Schedule secure video or phone sessions, plus chat and text with your therapist whenever you feel it's needed. A month of online therapy often costs less than a single traditional face-to-face session. Go to betterhelp.com forward slash psych central and experience seven days of free therapy to see if online counseling is right for you. Betterhelp.com forward slash psych central. We're here discussing the Michelle Carter case, who was found guilty of involuntary manslaughter for, well, essentially egging her boyfriend on to complete suicide. Right. We were specifically talking about the text messages, and things sort of went wrong. And, and this is a part where, where I'm a little confused, and, and again, I, I understand that there's no answers to this, but... She was being very helpful, and with no impetus, she immediately starts helping her boyfriend plan a suicide. Not only that, not only does she help him plan it, but in the in the email exchanges leading up to the final day, what we see, or I'm sorry, text messages, what we see is her not only assisting, but being very passive aggressive and sometimes almost abusive in egging him on. So it, it becomes, it goes really from one extreme to the other. And I, and I agree with you. I have no idea what, what caused this turnaround in her head. It's, it's disturbing to me. But it's, it's all laid out there in her texts. It's very, very sad. Text messages obviously provide a lot of words. And clearly the, the judge found her guilty for a reason. But, you know, text messages do a bad job of providing context. They're also not complete. Do you think it's possible that they had an argument that then 
made her change her mind. And, and, and listen, it, it's, it's speculation. Don't even bother to answer that. On July 11th and 12th, 2014, is when a conversation took place that, that really gave me quite a bit of pause and, and made me wonder not just the motivation of Michelle Carter, but, but her mental health standpoint. And, and frankly, it, it made me tear up a little. Um, overnight and into the next morning, Roy shares his concern over how his parents would handle his suicide. One of the things that he, that he states is, I'm overthinking everything, F, I gotta stop and just do it. Carter responds with, I think your parents know you're in a really bad place. I'm not saying they want you to do it, but I honestly feel like they can accept it. They know there's nothing they can do. They've tried helping, everyone's tried. But there's a point that comes where there isn't anything that anyone can do to save you, not even yourself, and you've hit that point. And I think your parents know you've hit that point. You said your mom saw a suicide thing on your computer and she didn't say anything. I think she knows it's on your mind and she's prepared for it. She continues with, everyone will be sad for a while, but they will get over it and move on. They won't be in depression. I won't let that happen. They know how sad you are. They know that you're doing this to be happy and I think they will understand and accept it. They'll always carry you in their hearts. Is it possible? There's multiple ways to read that, but is it possible that she believes it, that she believes that this is the best decision for him based on her inexperience, her age, her misunderstanding of suicide, her lack of mental health training, and society's laissez-faire attitude towards suicide in general? Sure, it's possible, yeah. And I think one of the most telling bits from that is when she states that he's doing it to be happy because she foolishly believes that you know if you kill yourself then i guess you're you're happy after that instead of just not existing one of the things that came out during the trial is that they both believed very strongly that he would go to heaven even after completing a suicide this is something that that resonated with you well, sure, because I don't believe in, in heaven or any kind of afterlife. And it I find it personally, I find it very disturbing when when people have that opinion. It's like, well, I'll leave this world behind. It's all going to be better. So let's just kill ourselves and get over with it. That's that's just magical thinking. And I and I don't have any any place for that in my life. Obviously, we have no idea what the judge was thinking when he made his decision, but in our preliminary conversations, you felt that one of the turning points was when he got out of the truck mm -hmm. and encouraged him to get back into the truck, therefore right. and fate. And sealing hers as well, because that really was the turning point from the judge's perspective. When he got out of the truck and she, knowing that it was still filled with carbon monoxide, told him to get back in. That's what put him in the situation where he was going to die. She did that deliberately. And as far as Massachusetts law is concerned, that's what was the qualifier for involuntary manslaughter. This was the turning point for me as well. Up until this point, I had a lot of sympathy for this young woman. We in America don't take mental health, mental illness, suicide very seriously. 17-year-olds are inherently stupid. 
they're inexperienced. They, they don't have a lot of knowledge. And I know 50-year-olds that don't respond correctly to thoughts of suicide or hearing that other people are suicidal. And not to this extreme, obviously, but there's just a lot of misinformation about mental illness out there. I'm still fighting the just because I live with bipolar disorder does not mean that I'm going to eat your face. So I just couldn't help but go back and forth that her inexperience, her youth, and her lack of understanding contributed strongly to this. But then she encouraged him to get back in the car. Mm-hmm. What happened there? Well, I don't know. I mean, if you look at the text messages leading up to the, the final day there, it's, it's very clear that, as I said before, she becomes very aggressive in her, uh, in her approach to it typing all in caps, for, for example, basically essentially yelling at him in text. Him saying that, you know, he's going to do it, and she says, do you promise? What kind of thing is that to say? Do you promise you're going to kill yourself? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know what happened to her. And, and I agree with you. I, I, I still have some sort of sympathy for her because clearly she's, a, she's messed up. She's got some issues there. Clearly, I, th- I think we can all agree with that. Let's talk about how she could have handled this better. I, I-, I think an important lesson here is is obviously don't egg people on to kill themselves. And obviously. That, that seems like a lot of common sense, but this is not the first case like this to ever exist in, in, in American history. Uh, I did a Google search in preparation for this show is it legal to egg on a suicide? And I was I was shocked at the thousands of, of posts. There there were there were places in uh, Yahoo Answers where people were asking. Uh, one of my favorite columns, The Straight Dope, uh, ran a column on it. There was lots of forums on Reddit where people were discussing this, and these were dated well before 2014. Uh, and they were quoting cases and case law. There was a whole thing on, you know, is civil law. Uh, can, you, can you civilly sue somebody if they blew off the opportunity to help somebody because they thought they were being dramatic? So this is not a, a once-in-a-lifetime thing that's never going to happen again. Vin, you're the suicide counselor. What's, what's the advice? Well, first I want to say there's a difference between ignoring somebody and egging them on. Uh, there's a huge difference there. It's... You know, the, the difference between somebody, you know, looking at a, a potential jumper and, and just watching and, and another person yelling jump. Obviously, what, what she should have done is alert somebody else because clearly she wasn't capable of, of helping him. She knew, at least at first, that he did need help. So she should have spoken to mm-hmm. his parents or her parents or, or the police 911, whatever, somebody outside of the two of them. She needed to reach out, first and foremost. What should he have done? Listen to her when she said that he needed help. In the beginning. Uh, In the beginning, absolutely. It's hard to say what he should have done because clearly he was in in a, a mental place where he wasn't able to think straight. So it's, I, I can't even, can't even tell you what he should have done because I don't know if he'd have been capable of it. 
Well, if somebody is contemplating suicide, what should they do? Well, yes, they should obviously reach out to uh, either suicide line, call 911, anything like that. Talk to somebody, reach out, don't just keep it all inside. Michelle Carter was found guilty, and we won't know her sentence until August. She's out on bail until then. According to media sites, she could receive up to 20 years for this. This is a tragic case involving young people, and, and hopefully the country learns something from this. That's really the best as an advocate that I can hope for. No, there absolutely are no winners here. I mean, I, I don't for a minute condone anything that, that she did. I, I think it was awful. But as, as you've pointed out, you know, she wasn't in the best mental place either. And I don't know. I mean, my heart feels for everybody in this one. Well, Vin, I don't think there's anything more to say than that. Thank you, everyone, for tuning in. Please review and share and subscribe on iTunes. Convenient, affordable, private online counseling anytime, anywhere. Talk with a licensed professional therapist online. Go to BetterHelp.com now. Thank you for listening to The Psych Central Show. Please rate, review, and subscribe on iTunes or wherever you found this podcast. We encourage you to share our show on social media and with friends and family. Previous episodes can be found at psychcentral.com slash show. Psychcentral.com is the Internet's oldest and largest independent mental health website. Psych Central is overseen by Dr. John Grohall, a mental health expert and one of the pioneering leaders in online mental health. Our host, Gabe Howard, is an award-winning writer and speaker who travels nationally. You can find more information on Gabe at GabeHoward.com. Our co-host, Vincent M. Wales, is a trained suicide prevention crisis counselor and author of several award-winning speculative fiction novels. You can learn more about Vincent at VincentMWales.com. If you have feedback about the show, please email talkback at psychcentral.com. There are few words more misunderstood and misused than OCD. Imagine having unwanted thoughts stuck in your head all day no matter how hard you try to make them go away, and then having to pretend that everything is okay despite having to feel crippled inside. That's OCD. 1 in 40 people suffer from it globally, but there's hope. If you have OCD and need help, you can get better with specialized treatment. NoCD offers effective, affordable, and convenient treatment for OCD and is covered by many major insurance plans. Go to NoCD.com to learn more. That's NoCD.com.